This is the DGen Football Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, Darius, here with my two guys, Bean and Mitch. Uh, it is officially week one of the NFL season. Boys, by the time that this recording will be put out, we should be within about 24 hours of the Bills and Rams facing off. How are we feeling? I don't know. I'm super hyped. Oh, yeah. I can't be more ready to go. It was a great weekend of college football, but, you know, we're moving up, moving on with the world, on for the NFL. You know, we got a whole lot coming up this season. Super excited to start it off. And we got some great games coming this weekend, too. Agreed. Some big division games, too, that uh, I don't know. I feel like you don't see as many in week one. Um, But speaking of big excitement uh, for this NFL season and a big weekend. So we're just coming off the Labor Day weekend. As always, with the Fantasy League I run, that means draft day. So just yesterday, about 24 hours ago to be exact, we had our fantasy draft for the year. So, uh, guys, I don't think any of us face each other this week. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I think we can openly and honestly talk about it. How did it go for you guys? Uh, well, I, I actually like my, uh, my team a little bit. I would say the one sort of department I feel like I'm a little underpowered, if I can use the word, is the running backs. But, you know, I got Dak Prescott, stat batter get me some extra points when the Cowboys are down two scores and need to throw it in the fourth quarter. Um, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, George Kittle. I think it's a solid trio for the two wide receivers and tight end. And then in my flex, I have Robert Woods, who I'm starting this week. The running backs are Cordero Patterson and Devin Singletary, but I also have the Jets, Michael Carter um, Jr. as well. And I have DJ Moore and Devontae Parker on the bench as well as Tyler Higby. So solid backups everywhere, but I feel like my running backs could have been better, but overall I'm pretty satisfied. Mitch, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think from what I was seeing last night, you know, we all got some pretty solid teams. Um, I think you got, got some good potential coming there. You know, I went the other route with my pick. Uh, my first two rounds I spent on running backs for the first time ever. So we went with the all-injury team of Derek Henry and Saquon Barkley. Uh, then I, I followed up with a couple solid Chargers players. You know, we got Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. Uh, then we came in with Jalen Waddle and uh, Paris Campbell are going to be uh, on my starting lineup as well this week. My my big weakness, I think, is in the tight end position. I waited till like, what was it, the 11th round or something to take my tight end. I can't even pronounce his name. I'm just going to call him Albert O.K. He's the the the, the uh, Denver tight end. You know, still a starter. Still, I think, has some strong potential with Russell Wilson coming in. He might like some uh, nice dump-offs over the middle. But uh, I'm super excited for when uh, D-Hop comes back from his suspension and can give me a real good uh, boost at that flex position. So, you know, we only go up from here. Although, I do have to say, NFL Fantasy rated my draft as a C and uh, projects me to go 3-11 and this year. So, you know, that's a little frightening. But, you know, we can only uh, control what we got. So, we're going to see how the season goes. Mitch, to be fair, the last time I won the league – Granted, that was like six years ago. Um, I was also projected to go 311 to 
three and eleven to start the season. So maybe there's some good luck there. Um, I certainly I, hope so. <laughs> again, I think if if your team stays healthy, uh, I think you'll be good. Bean man, I really I hadn't looked at your team too in depth, but Michael Carter, that's a that's a bold pick with uh, the Jets announcing Brees Hall as their starting running back. So uh, I'm interested to see how that'll play out. But getting George Kittle early, I think was going to um, boost your team. Uh, starting with my team, I've got TB12 as my QB. So Mike Evans can light it up this year. I would be okay. Um, but Mitch, I, I kind of stuck with you. I, I went running back heavy. Um, I did after missing the playoffs the last three years, I had to do a lot of research and really set up a draft board this year. Um, with my first three picks, I went Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, and uh, Josh Jacobs. So um, hopefully they pan out because my receiving core, while I think it's okay, definitely uh, took some hits because of those running backs that I got. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. Let's hope Deontay Johnson actually gets some balls from, from Mitch Trubisky. Um, curious, though, uh, just, just for the sake of the podcast and knowing we're going to talk fantasy teams all year, um, what are your team names and, and how'd you come up with it? Um, well, it's not, it wasn't hard coming up with mine, you know, if you want to put me on the spot like that, but can he pickpocket, you know, it's kind of lame, but <laughs> <laughs> up and coming joke, I guess. Maybe it would have been funnier if he actually ended up the starter. <laughs> oh, it would be hilarious. Hey, just wait till week five. He'll, he'll be the starter. No worries. <laughs> but, uh, my team name is the Footballers, uh, you know, F-U-T-B-A-L-L-E-R-S. Uh, that stems from way back in the day. I think it's about six or seven years old now, uh, that name. And, you know, huge soccer guy. That's what I did growing up. So how do we uh, combine soccer and, and American football? The Footballers. Uh, it was perfect. I think Darius. <laughs> I didn't realize you hadn't changed your team name since you've been in the league. <laughs> no, it's the same name. You know, hey, we've won a championship with it. You know, we've only missed the playoffs like one time in six years. So we're still going strong. Yeah, I had to change up mine this year. Uh, I was going, I, I thought about making mine $1,500 parlay in honor of Calvin Ridley. Decided to go against that and uh, decided to hate on Brian Kelly by naming my team here with my family. So uh, that's that's my, and family is spelled F-A-M-U-H-L-E-E. So um, got to take a shot at Brian Kelly whenever we can. Hey, yeah, it, it turned out it, even well. Yeah, Forrest Gump would be super proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spent a few days in LSU and uh, gained a Southern accent, apparently. Yeah, anyway. and a couple of L's, but that's all right. <laughs> True. Big one this week. Oh, yeah. God. I can't wait for Brian Kelly memes all year. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're talking NFL today. So uh, our normal segments of the week, we're going to start with fantasy recap every week. Obviously, we just had the draft this week. So uh, once we get into some matchups, we'll recap those. But we've got to start. We obviously had no NFL games, but who is your winner of the week somebody or a team or a fan base that really just went above and beyond and uh, took home a dub this past week? Well, Bean, I'll let you kick it off for us. Kick it off is a good word because I was going to say Justin Tucker. 
Have you guys seen his uh, opera performance in the uh, NFL like kickoff video that they just put out? I have not. I didn't either. <laughs> I don't know. He, he the, the man just owned his performance. I think he gets a dub for that. And uh, I don't know if this is a dub yet, but the Bears have just gone from Kentucky bluegrass to some other type of turf for this season. So we'll see if Matt Eberflus has some dubs coming up through the through the pitch. I don't know. That might increase their record by a couple of wins. That's what it was. The, it wasn't the coaching staff or the players. It was the grass. It was. And I don't know how many people listening to us watch soccer, Mitch. You might get this, but that's a Jurgen Klopp moment where he just blames everything apart from his team. <laughs> like, there was too much wind. The grass was terrible. Dude, um, it is all about the grass. I'm telling you. But yeah, Justin Tucker. All right. I, I like it. Uh, my winner of the week is, you know, OBJ. He's going to the winner of the Bills and the Rams, apparently. That's what he says. So, you know, <laughs> destined to win another Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Hey, who I think I think somebody in our league did pick up OBJ just for whenever he does sign on to a team. <laughs> I strongly considered picking up Gronk with my final pick. <laughs> that wouldn't have been a bad idea. Uh, my winner is... Uh, this is a hometown pick. Sauce Garner, um, not only did he allow zero touchdown catches in his entire college career, he made it through the entire preseason without even being targeted once because he had such tight coverage. Uh, so shout out to that guy for being one of the only bright spots on the Jets. Nice. I was going to say, Darius, I'll end with another double of the week. Franco Harris getting his jersey retired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That that's a... A cool moment for him. I actually it's a met bit him of a once. late dub, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah. I actually met him once. I, I love the wow. guy. He always, uh, when he goes to Steelers games, he just sits with the normal people. He doesn't sit in any of the press boxes. So a lot of times you just kind of see him in the stands randomly. That's dope. Anyway, uh, so positive note, winners of the week. Uh, let's move on. Bean, who's your loser of the week? Who really had a, a rough time this past week? Ooh, well, I think they've been the loser for the last 10, 10, 15 days or so. I think it's the 49ers since keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, it's just been causing like negative news in the media. It just continues to happen that way. And, you know, like even when someone picked Trey Lance in our draft yesterday, we were like, oh, why is he doing that? He knows he's going to get benched in a few weeks and things like that. I feel like it's just put a little bit of a blot on the 49ers, at least from a morale perspective, they feel like losers. I don't know. That's my loser of the week. I like it. My loser of the week is anybody who takes a kicker in the seventh round of the draft. Oh, God. <laughs> Mitch, I, I had that on mine, too. Oh, I had two God. losers of the week, and that was uh, that was also on mine. I love it. I, I've never seen a draft room full of people just audibly gasp and start laughing at the same moment like last night. Uh, for those of you that don't know, our, our entire league has split up all over the country at this point. So we all had a big Zoom call as we're drafting. And a guy took Harrison Butker in the seventh round uh, to go as the first kicker. And yeah, that was a shock to us all. I think I think. Justin Tucker was the next kicker and he was taken in round like 13. So, <laughs> Oh God. Uh, well, my other loser of the week is Mason Rudolph. 
uh, another homer pick, but the other day he was put on the Steelers depth chart as the number two guy just for Mike Tomlin to come out and say, oops, that was a uh, a bit of an error, copy and paste error by us. Uh, Mason Rudolph is actually QB3. Uh, so for about, what, 15 hours, he thought he had beat out Kenny Pickett. Uh, but no, I, it's not looking like he's even going to get to suit up much this year, barring injury. That is a brutal one. I think I'd rather just come out and be told I'm on the practice squad and, you know, just in the depths of, of anything just to, you know, the, the public humiliation of having to come back out and say it for Mason Rudolph. That's just the toughest part. It's not even like the fact he lost his job. It's like the fact that everyone in the country now will talk about it. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm sure like the coaches told them ahead of time what the uh, depth chart was, but then like, you know, that little part of him, whenever he saw his name at number two, he's like, Oh, they switched it last minute. Like, yes. And it, no, <laughs> Darius, that's a Pittsburgh dub. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a Pittsburgh dub. And just the fact, like, loser of the week, because everybody, like, not only around the country, but even in Pittsburgh, nobody likes him. And, like, I realize he had that, like, helmet incident and all that. And, like, he said, she said type things. But, like, in reality, he, he hasn't done anything specifically to get the, the city of Pittsburgh to hate him all that much, besides have a couple of bad games. But, um, yeah, it's been a rough time for that guy. Uh, anyway, let's get on to that Bills Rams game that we were mentioning. So Thursday night preview, we've got the Bills as a two and a half favorite on the road against the Rams. Uh, Bean, is this a Super Bowl preview and who do you got to win? No, honestly, I, I do feel like this might be a Super Bowl preview. Well, two high-powered offenses. Obviously, the Rams lost Robert Woods. Didn't feature much last season because of his injury. Uh, the Bills have their receiving core mostly intact. Um, I, what would be interesting to see is um, Josh Allen against the pass rush um, and you know how the running game pans out for the Bills. Because that, that was like, I, I think one of a couple of our episodes last season, our sort of um, criticism of the Bills was that they didn't run the football well, especially in a few games where they could have done better. Um, but I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be, I don't think it'll be a shootout, but I definitely think it it's going to be like more than 50 points. Um, but I think the, the Rams have a home advantage. They've just won the Super Bowl there. Um you know, yeah, there's no OBJ, but Cooper Cup's still the main guy. I have him on fantasy. I got to root for him. So uh, I think Rams 28, Bills 24. You know, I couldn't disagree with you more. I don't know what it is. Everything tells me that the Rams should win this game. You know, previous Super Bowl winners are something like 19-3 and three straight up in the last, you know, what, 22 seasons or something like that now. And, uh... But for some reason, I just love the Bills minus two and a half in this game. Uh, I think they have something to come out and prove again this year. And I think got to look back at last year, too. Like during the regular season, the Rams didn't always show up to play against big teams. I know like played super well in the postseason. They won everything. They, you know, they came when they needed to. But I don't know. I just have that feeling that Josh Allen's going to come out and his MVP campaign starts uh, week one right right here in L.A. I'm going to be that guy and I'm going to kind of pick in the middle of you two. 
Um, first off, I think it's funny that last year we did talk about the uh, the Bills running game, and that's actually one of the notes I have of, of the matchup to watch is uh, Singletary and the rest of the run offense against the Rams D-line. Um, I think that could really dictate the game because both passing offenses are going to do well. It's a matter of who can run the ball better. Um, and then the Rams have question marks with like, is Cam Akers healthy? Is Daryl Henderson going to get more touches? Like what's going on there? Uh, so I think it's the running game for both teams is interesting to watch, but I do think on the same time, it's funny that, uh, we did have that episode titled, uh, the Rams can't beat good teams. And then they went on to win the Super Bowl. So, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this one ends up. I will say DraftKings has a, a deal going on where if you take either of the team's money line, if they go up by seven or more at any point in the game, your bet wins. So I think I'm going to bet on the Rams just because I like Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup uh, to put up some numbers at some point throughout the game. But I think I do like the Bills overall. The safest bet, however, I think is the over 52 because um, – these offenses are just too good. Yeah, Other I see lots of points. Definitely lots of points in this game. Uh, guys, what do you think about the injury to Stafford? Because he's come out and said, like, it does not affect him or the way he throws or anything. But that might be a factor. If if it sort of gets aggravated, then, you know, the Rams are kind of screwed over the course of the season. Yeah, I, I think it could be a slight factor, but. You know, anymore, the doctors are so good. Like, if they say he's good to go and full, fully cleared, I don't think it's going to come back too much, uh, especially week one. I could see maybe, you know, week 10, 11, 12, a little bit of, of something could pop up in a little soreness, but not week one. He's, he's had plenty of rest, ready to go. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of a factor it'll play. I, I like, I mean, I like him. I like Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis, and Stefan Diggs, all in fantasy. Start them all. They're all going to put up big numbers. Um, we'll see. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's a great way to start the season. Uh, but um, that's the Thursday night game. We've got a ton of great games on Sunday. Uh, we're not going to take a time to preview all of them just because that would take us hours probably to go into depth about every game instead uh, i want everybody's lock of the week uh so a game that if they were betting on which i plan on betting on what game is the one that you know how it's gonna finish up right now um denver broncos minus six and a half I just feel that Russell Wilson's going to come out firing. It's at Seattle, Monday night game, prime time. He's got receivers, uh, Sutton, Judy, uh, obviously no Tim Patrick for the season, but um, just watch out for those deep balls. And Seattle, well, it's going to be tough for them. So I think Denver minus six and a half is kind of a no-brainer for me. You're not on the Geno Smith train? No. <laughs> Fortunately not. I like the guy, but I mean – I think Russell Wilson is just going to come out and perform. Yeah, it's a big revenge game for him, and nobody focuses in like Russell Wilson. So, yeah. Mitch, who you got? Lock of the week. Yeah, well, I do like the Broncos in that game, but there's one glaring game that just makes no sense to me, and that's the Colts minus 7.5 against the Texans. To me, 
The Texans are the worst team in football uh, by far. The Colts, you know, have Jonathan Taylor, star running back, Matty Ice coming back, trying to revamp his career, a sneaky good wide receiver trio. Uh, it might be one of the, the low-key best receiver trios in the NFL. Uh, so I just I don't see the Texans being able to score any points at all. If the Colts hit 21, they win this game by two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, uh, Mitch, that, that was also my lock of the week. I've got a backup one that, that I'll go with instead, but yeah, I, I'm showing on ESPN right now, minus seven for the Colts. They opened up at minus eight. I I don't see how the Colts don't win this by double digits, even if it is in Houston. Uh, they've done nothing but upgrade this year, and um, this this one could get ugly early. Uh, the other one I'll go with then is, and there's actually two I was kind of between is my second choice, but I'm going to go Eagles minus four at Detroit. Um, even though the Lions were on hard knocks and everybody wants reasons to believe in Dan Campbell and that team, I really don't think they're very good. I think the Eagles have upgraded all around this year. Uh, I think their offense is going to be even better. Their defense is going to be solid. Um, I do don't think Jamison Williams is playing to start the season. Um, I just don't think Detroit can keep up. And uh, I'll just remind you guys last year, whenever the lions hosted the Eagles, the final score was 44 to six. And I could see a similar result this year. Yeah. I mean, the lock of the week for that could also be them losing in a heartbreaking way. So (laughs) (laughs) true. As long as it's minus four or more, I'll just say it. I won't count this as my other one, but the other one I was looking at that I really like is uh saints minus five and a half at the Falcons. Uh, I think the saints defense is really good and Jameis and a healthy Alvin Kamara really gonna, uh, what elevate that offense. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. I was looking for uh, some Jameis, uh, player, uh, props. And uh, they weren't out yet, but I really want to know what his touchdown and interception over under is. <laughs> I know that's that's the unfortunate thing about recording the episode early in the week is that uh, the props usually come out on Friday. My but... backup block for the week was Ravens minus seven at Jets. I feel like Joe Flacco is going to start, right? So uh, I, I, I think the Ravens this season with less injuries – Minus seven just seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, I I also like that one a lot. I, I'm really thinking about putting a big parlay on some of these away favorites. Um, like you said, Broncos, Colts, um, Ravens, Eagles, Saints. I like all of them are all of those teams are away favorites, and I I really like them to dominate each in in their games. We'll see, though. That's that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got our locks of the week. Uh, now we've got our long shot bet, which, just reminding the, the viewers at home, it's got to be plus 200 odds or higher. Uh, I'll start this one off. I like the Cardinals' money line at home against the Chiefs for plus 205. Um, I'm going to be proven wrong, probably, but again, I, like I've said it before, I'll say it again. I just don't think the Chiefs – I predicted the Chiefs to finish third in the AFC West this year. I still think they'll get a wild card spot. But uh, 
that's a tough, tough game to go into Arizona and uh, face that high powered team. And I like the Cardinals to, to hold their ground at home. I like it. I, I didn't really see any uh, games that I was super keen on for a long shot, but FanDuel does have a, uh, a sack prop out for Trey Hendrickson and uh, TJ Watt to each have one or more sacks at plus 250. Ooh, that's not bad at all. No, I really like, I was like, I think each of those guys could have two sacks in this game pretty easily. I think TJ Watt could be tough. Uh, the Bengals uh, have upgraded their O-line, and um, I have a bad feeling the Bengals are going to run Joe Mixon all up and down the field. Yeah, I, I think he needs to get his early because they might run the entire second half. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not, though. <laughs> I'm hoping it's a close game. Mitch Trubisky to save the day, baby. <laughs> Being who you got. So I'm going for something different here, but I I'm I, I look at I'm looking at this bet that's plus four fifty for the Browns and Panthers to be the lowest scoring game on Sunday. I don't know what it is. I feel like you know they're like sort of equally matched up. I guess uh, I know everybody's been on the Baker train saying he's gonna come back and throw four touchdowns on the Browns, but I don't know. I feel like that's one game that you know the both defenses could cancel each other out a little bit. So at plus 450, it's a little bit of a a long shot. I guess it's quite a bit of a long shot, but I don't know. That's one that caught my eye. You know, I really love that because we have a lowest scoring segment and my lowest scoring was Panthers-Browns. And the, <laughs> the, the under in that game is 41 and a half. I think that's an easy under. I could see this under not even getting to 28. Yeah, let's let's transition right into that. So, so lo- lowest scoring game. Uh, so, I mean, you could take it either way, either lowest scoring overall or the easiest under for you that you think is going to hit. So, Mitch, uh, I was also looking. I guess for both you guys, I was also looking at that Browns Panthers game. I do think it's going to go under. Um, the only reason that I'm not taking that as my low score is I think Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey have the opportunity to turn that into not a shootout, but like a shootout for those two teams. Um, The game I'm going with, I don't know if it's surprising or not. I'm going to go 49ers bears. Um, I'm not a Trey Lance believer, not yet. At least Uh, the bears offense was pitiful last year. I think both teams are going to run the ball a lot. And I just think that makes for a really low scoring game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was kind of my thought process with Panthers Browns. I think, you know, when your two best players on each on the team are running backs, then, you know, a lot of clock's going to run real quick. You know, I could see each team having a seven, eight minute long drive uh, in each half. And, you know, all of a sudden you get five possessions the entire game. Darius, I like the, the Bears 49ers one, although I think the game last year ended like 33-22 or something, but there might have been a couple of pick sixes in that. I don't know. Trey well, Lance, wasn't that, was, was, did Trey Lance start that game or was that Jimmy G? That might have been Jimmy G, but I just I think it was the game where uh, Justin Fields was running for his life. So Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was every game. That, that was every game, but especially in that one because he was actually he actually kept the Bears in the game for quite a bit, but yeah, I, I plus seven fifty on DraftKings for that is not too bad, honestly. So I'm looking now. It was Jimmy G. So so that's why that's why I like 
and, and he threw for 322 yards. I don't like Trey Lance to throw for that much. So uh, I like the low score this year. I do like that as well. That that would probably be my uh, my second pick for low scoring game. All right. Well, let's go the opposite end. High score. Uh, that's either highest overall or the easiest over to take for the week. I know we all said that we like the Bills Rams to be a high scoring game. Um, Mitch, are there any others that you're a fan of? Yeah, I'm looking at the Chiefs and Cardinals. Uh, to me, uh, the over that I see is 53 and a half. I think this game could hit 70. Uh, wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all if it was 42-35 final. Um, you know, the Chiefs, they're just stacked on offense as always. Uh, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray seems to just pull things out of nowhere and, you know, all of a sudden throws for 300 yards, runs for another 120, and has seven touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking that as my highest scoring game overall. Bean? I like that one, but I also like the Buccaneers-Cowboys, um, especially last year. Though I think that was the first Sunday night game of last year as well, but in Tampa, and that ended 31-29, and the over-under is 51 right now on DraftKings, and I think that's an easy over. Um, this might be another 31-29, um, but another game that really caught my eye was the Chargers-Raiders. 52.5 is a little bit high, but I feel like if they get going, that could be like a 38 like 33 or something like that yeah that 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 was my choice and i forgot the but that bucks cowboys game was really good um i remember i was at a bar for that game and um that we ended up staying longer than expected just because that game ended up just being an absolute shootout uh but yeah raiders chargers i i like it to be a high scoring game i'm hoping it's a high scoring game for fantasy purposes uh this week i'm starting uh since deontay johnson is questionable I'm starting Hunter Renfro over him, as well as I'm starting Josh Jacobs. So uh, I would not mind a high-scoring affair there. Uh, And I think it will be because both offenses are really good. Um, Cool. Mitch, Bean, any other thoughts on high score? No. I I just want to see a couple shootouts. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure we'll get a couple of shootouts. and hopefully it's from the games that we just mentioned, but there's, there's good games all over this week. So I think that, I think we'll get some high scoring games. We, we mentioned like at least three, four of them. And, and we didn't even talk about the bills and Rams. That could also be like a 40, 30. If they, if they just stop playing defense, like the chiefs bills game last year could be something stupid. Yeah. And you guys hit the nail on the head. Um, Lots of really good games to look forward to. Some really good ones that might not be so high scoring as well. Um, So uh, games overall, uh, you can do one game that you're most looking forward to or just any other ones that we haven't talked about that you think are going to be big matchups. I'll go ahead and start. Obviously, my Steelers and Bengals. A lot of people don't think that's going to be a very good game. I'm hoping that it is, Um, but I'm, I'm being realistic with myself. Um, one that we haven't talked about that I am really looking forward to though is Patriots Dolphins. Uh, that's a big division game to start the year. Uh, the Patriots and Mac Jones had a, a great year last year. Uh, they definitely beat expectations, but uh, some people are predicting a drop off for them. Some people are really high on Tua, Tyreek Hill, and the rest of that Dolphins team. Uh, I think that game is going to show a lot about how the AFC East, uh, well, 
the battle for second in the AFC East is going to go this year. Yeah, Darius, I agree with that. And we'll see the hype surrounding Miami and all the signings that they've made. Um, it's really going to like be put into perspective in that one um, against a decent Patriots defense. But the game I'm looking forward to um, is, I mean, we just touched upon a little bit, but the Raiders Chargers division, division game. Um, we'll see how Josh McDaniels um, runs his offense. We've seen it with the Patriots, obviously, but I think we'll see what Derek Carr is made of. Now he has a solid number one and someone he knows in Devonte Adams. Um, the Chargers last season were five and four at home, um, and they just missed out on the playoffs. So those like high-scoring losses at home really cost them last season. But they've added in defense with Khalil Mack. They have great weapons in offense. Justin Herberts, I think, is going to have a better year than last year. So I, I think that's one game that I really want to see who hits the ground running. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm looking at game. We talked about it a little bit earlier. It could be really high-scoring. Uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys. Uh, to me, this game just has a lot of, of storylines to it. You know, Tom Brady, uh, retired, then unretired. You know, is he really still in the game? Does he want to play football still? Uh, is he going to light the world on fire and go out with a bang winning a, another Super Bowl to end the year? Uh, who's his favorite weapon on the Bucks this year? You know, Gronk- Gronkowski's gone. Uh, you know, they have weapons all over the field still. Uh, and then you look at the other side, you know, Dak, had a really great season last year. Probably if anybody other than Joe Burrow was in the league, he would would have uh, won comeback player of the year. Uh, are they going to start running the ball again more with Zeke? Uh, what kind of role is Tony Pollard going to have? Uh, is CeeDee Lamb uh, the clear-cut, you know, number one wide receiver that we thought he was last season? But, you know, now he doesn't have Amari Cooper on the other side uh, taking some of the attention from the defense away. Uh, so for me, this is a really uh, big game in terms of who's a real contender for the Super Bowl and uh, who's an actual fraud. I love it. Uh, one game that we haven't talked about at all uh, that I also am looking forward to is uh, Packers-Vikings. Uh, that division, I think, is very much open in the air. And uh, we'll see what Aaron Rodgers has got if uh, his weird offseason uh, – factors into his play at all as well as uh losing his big weapon and all that good stuff um but playing at minnesota let's see if he can uh own the vikings too on top of the bears <laughs> um, is, i think that game was 34 33 last year so we could be yeah. in for a treat there too yeah we've had some really good matchups between those teams the past few years uh other games we didn't talk about uh, we talked a little bit about Saints Falcons. I really like the Saints in that one. Um, hoping Desmond Ritter eventually gets a shot for the Falcons, but um, I think it'll take a few weeks. Marcus Mariota is not the answer there, so we'll see. Uh, any thoughts on that one? No, I also like the Saints in this game. Uh, I think that Saints receiving core is a, a big question mark. Is Michael Thomas going to be healthy this year? Is Chris Olave going to step into a role as a rookie? Um, you know, uh, I think they have Jarvis Landry as well. Uh, does he do anything? Uh, but yeah, I think the Saints definitely are, are the better team out of these two. For sure. Uh, then we got Ravens Jets. We talked about we like the Ravens, especially a healthy squad. Uh, we haven't looked at the Jaguars Commanders. Commanders being a two and a half home favorite. Um 
I'm interested in that one because both teams could be and both could make big step forwards this year. Um, so I'm interested. But I actually, I like the commanders in this one. I don't know about you guys. The Carson Wentz era begins. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that That's going to be a mistake to believe in him again, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. I didn't believe in him from day one. So, you know, that's fine. But I think I also saw that Chase Young might not be playing in this game. He re-aggravated an injury. So uh, their pass His rush. ACL. Yeah. Yeah. So his mm-hmm. pass rush might uh, not be getting to T-Law quite as quickly. Uh, we talked Browns Panthers a little bit. I'm I'm rooting big for the Baker Mayfield redemption game, but unfortunately, I really do think that the Browns defense is better than the Panthers, and I think uh, the Browns are just going to run all over the Panthers and end up winning that game. Hope not, but I think that'll be the case. Um, and then finally, I think we did not talk about Giants Titans, and I think the big question mark in that game is how many rushing yards will Derrick Henry get setting the over under probably around 135 (laughs) well this is probably the biggest game for me in terms of fantasy this week because both of my running backs are in it and I would love if the game just ended in a huge rushing scrum the entire time is it the injury bowl for your running backs uh we're gonna hope not (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, the Titans are minus five and a half. I think that also might be a decent bet to, to look at because, well, the Giants offense. Yeah, I mean, if the Titans are really as good of a team as they supposedly were last year, they better win this game by five and, and a half. And the Giants don't have Kadarius Tony either. So, yeah, there's there's no excuse for the Titans. Cool. Um, any other major notes or anything? We covered all the games. We gave our... our betting picks um thursday night preview winners and losers of the week and we are all ready for the fantasy season uh boys as of our recording right now um in 48 hours the thursday night game will be wrapping up so i cannot wait to ride the rest of the season out with you guys thank you as always for recording with me thank you to the listeners for tagging along uh, Mitch Bean, any last words before we sign off? Let's ride. Oh, I can't say it any better. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. Um, and we will see you next week.